Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I believe that we are going into a season of return. That things that have been taken from you, things that have been stolen from you, things that have been removed from you are going to be returned soon. Uh, the peace that was taken from you, the joy that was removed from you, the, maybe the relationship that was removed, the, the, the uh, emptiness, the, the depression that now you feel, that God is about to bring a, a, a season of return. And I believe the season of return is going to start first with a lot of prodigals coming home. I, I, I need, need to really t- to, to lean on this because there's a lot of people that are out there, family members, friends that we have, that one time served God but are no longer serving God anymore. God is no longer a priority in their lives. And I believe before we see this breakthrough begin to take place, that the first restoration we're going to find is a restoration of lives. The first returning of lives. And some of you have loved ones you've been praying for. I'm declaring this over my own family as well. I'm believing that the season of return is taking place. And that the prodigals are going to start making their way home. Somebody say amen. Amen. Anyone here have any loved ones or family members that need to come back to God? We need an awakening in certain areas. And so you need to pull on this message this morning. And some of you have walked in here and you haven't been in church in a long time. And you don't know how, why am I here? How did I end up here this morning? I want you to know that there has been an assignment that God has an appointment book in heaven. That he wrote your name down and said, I have an appointment with this person on this day right here. You thought you just happened to walk in. You just thought, you know what, it's about that time to go back to church. But God in his infinite wisdom took time to write you down in his appointment book to say for this moment for such a time as this you were to be here because God has a message for you this morning I want you to stand to your feet and as you stand to your feet turn your Bibles with me to the book of Luke amen as you turn to the book of Luke it's known as what's called the lost chapter and the reason why it's not because you can't find it it's because of the fact that it talks about a lost coin it talks about a lost sheep and then it talks about a lost son. And, and, and the, the, the book takes time to recognize these three areas. And he's emphasizing certain things in each one of these areas. And when he talks about the coin, how many of you, if you had 10 $100 bills and you lost one of those 10 $100 bills, wouldn't look all, all around the house to find that $100 bill? Search jackets, pockets. I mean, you go, go, you'll start tearing the house apart. Why? Because just because you lost that $100 bill and you got nine left doesn't mean that that one lost loses its value. Right? It's still worth $100. I need some of you to understand that just because you're removed from God right now or you're lost from God doesn't mean that your value's changed. Say it again, Pastor. Your value hasn't changed just because you got separated from God. And when he talks about the ninety, the, the hundred sheep, and one of the sheep gets gets lost, that the shepherd goes and looks for it. And when he brings it home, they celebrate. They kill one of the sheep. No, they don't kill one of the sheep. They they celebrate that the sheep is there. And I want you to understand this: that just because you've ran away from God, I want you to know that the shepherd still loves you. 
that the shepherd's still willing to look for you. Come on, somebody. Now, when we get to the lost son here, I want you to notice something. Verse 11 of chapter 15 says this. Then he said, and he's, he's telling a story, he's proving a point. Jesus is speaking here. He says, a certain man had two sons. How many sons does he have? You guys are good. And the younger of them said to his father, and th- this is a trip because it's usually the youngest kids that feel the most uh, entitled. They haven't had to work for anything. The older child's the one that's had to work through some stuff. I take a look at the, the, the mistakes I made with my oldest, and I look at the youngest. And the, the oldest is used to working hard for a certain thing. The youngest is just look, you know, for the, my oldest, we bought her, a, you know, an O3, I think an 08 uh, Mazda, you know, little, little nice car. We spent maybe 12000 on it. The next third child all of a sudden is looking at a Rubicon, four-wheel drive, lifted, and $40,000 car. There's something that happens between the youngest and the oldest. They think, well, the oldest got this, so my my blessing has to increase. The youngest comes up to the father and says, Father, give me the portions of good that falls to me. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know how many parents in here, if your child came to you right now and said, I want half of my inheritance, that you'd give it to them. In fact, if my daughter asked me for that, I would start spending more now. So that there's nothing left. See, half of nothing is. But look at what this father does. Remember, this picture is is a picture of God the Father. The father in this story is God the Father. And notice what he does. So he divides to, to them, not to him. To both of his sons. I need you to understand, God doesn't play favorites. What he does for one, he'll do for the other. Say it again, Pastor. What he does for one, he'll do for another. And so even though the other didn't ask for it, God still gave him half the inheritance because he did it for one of the other sons. So if God heals one person, he's willing to heal you. If God blesses one person, he wants to bless you. So you don't need to get jealous because God blessed someone else. All you have to say is, I got next. Notice what happens here. Verse 13, so not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country. He separated himself from his father. Have you ever noticed that sometimes you get blessed and all of a sudden the blessing that you get from the father separates you from the father? Mm, That was weak. Because you know I'm going somewhere with that. The younger son gathered all together, gathered all together and journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to notice a couple things that I want to lay foundation for first and foremost. First thing I want you to notice about the prodigal. Everyone say prodigal. Now, I always thought this was the name of the kid, but prodigal isn't the name and uh, Puerto Rico in the house. Hey, man, what's going on, man? Stand up and give everyone a wave. All right? Come on. He's coming into Master's Commission this year, and uh, he's been working his way. God, when I went to Puerto Rico, he left Puerto Rico. And uh, he's worked his way from L.A., working his way up from L.A. up here. 
in order to come to Masters this year, and uh, it's good to have you in the house, man. Welcome. Welcome. Amen. The prodigal spend, the word prodigal literally means to spend money on wasteful living. Now, if that's the idea of what a prodigal is, to spend money on immorality, to waste your money, there's a lot of prodigals in this house right now. Because you take a look at things we've wasted money on. Dang, it's quiet in this place right now. (laughs) Because you know I'm speaking to you. Things that we've wasted money on. And the Bible says that this man was labeled by his actions. And it's, uh, there's, a, there's a danger where we become known by the things that we've done wrong. Where God, people begin to label you based on your failures. Where you begin to become identified or labeled by the things that you've gone through. And I need to encourage you today that whenever we get so deep into sin or so deep into an action that we are labeled by our addiction, labeled by our bitterness, labeled by our failures, then we have reached a point that you are no longer known by who you are but by what you failed. And he's labeled for, for, for a lifetime. He is known as the prodigal son. He's always known, even in heaven when we get there, if he's there, he's known as the prodigal son. And I like the fact that later on in some other versions, it changes it from the prodigal son to the lost son. I need you to understand that you need to get your name changed today. That, that was weak. That was weak. I need you to understand that you are not labeled by your failures, that when Jesus comes into your life, behold, you are a brand new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. So you have no history to be known by. And that God wants to transform and give you a new label. And so he comes from a good, successful home. And I I need to let some parents know something this morning. Just because you have a prodigal child does not mean you are a bad parent. This child came from a great home. Dad was a great dad. We don't know where mom is, but dad was a great dad. And something happened to the point where the son grows up and decides, I don't want to be here anymore. And he asked for the blessing from his father. And we don't, again, we don't know what, what, what happened to mom, what took place. But I want you to know a couple truths here. First of all, I need you to understand this. He wants the blessing without the blesser. Oh, oh, you got to hear me this morning. Some of you guys are praying for the blessing of God, but you don't want God in the blessing. You want a house without God. You want a car without God. You want a business without God. You want a relationship without God. You've been praying, God, give me a relationship. But as soon as you hook up with that girl, you're trying to take her to bed. You don't want the blessing, but you don't want the blesser. I want the money, but I don't want to give. I want a relationship, but I don't want to do it godly. I want a house, but I want, to want, I want that house to host things that are ungodly. I need you to understand that the prodigal wanted the blessings of God without the blesser. And whenever you get the blessings of God without the blesser, the blessing will become a curse. Ever get a job that's pulled you away from God? And you prayed for that job. I prayed with you to get that job. Now all of a sudden you can't come to church no more because of your job. Well, it's not that you won't work on Sundays. It's just that, you know, Sundays is the only time you got left for the family. And the family was the thing that God blessed you with. So I want the family. I just don't want the blesser that gave me the family. Oh, come on now, somebody. 
So we want the blesser, but we don't want the blessings. But notice this. The father is so cool. The father never stops him. He doesn't say, I'll give you the money, but I'm only going to give you a little at a time. He gives it to him. And then he doesn't try to stop him when the son says, okay, I'm leaving, dad. Uh, One thing about God, God doesn't stop you from making wrong choices. God loves you enough sometimes just to let you learn by making some mistakes in life. And I want you to recognize, once he got the increase, he wanted separation from his father. Now, this is what bothers me the most, and I, I see this so many times. I hate seeing when we leverage the blessings of God to sin. Let me try this side. I hate when we leverage the blessings of God to enable us to sin. And let me, let me explain that. Is that all of a sudden we get the things that we've been praying for and God blesses us. And then we end up taking the resources that God gives us and we use it to sin. And that's what, had the father not blessed him, he would have never had the resources to go and spend it on prodigal living. Prodigal living is talking about with prostitutes, with drugs and immorality. He didn't just sin. He went as, he, he became a great sinner. You know, you know I, I'm here to tell some of y'all this and understand something. I would rather you become a great sinner or a great saint rather than a lukewarm. I don't know whether I'm going to serve God. I don't know if I want to serve God. I don't know if I want to go to the world. I don't know. You don't have a clue what you want. Listen, I know how to pray for you better when I have more respect for you when you're a great sinner or a great saint. Because you got God confused. Are you in or are you out? Do you love me or do you don't? Do you want me or do you not? Do you want the blessing or do you not? What do you want from me? Because I can't tell. Because on Sunday, you're posting all about how much you love God in church. The next day, you're cursing. You hate life. You're out there partying. You're with this guy, with that girl. You're with that man. You're with this drug, with this drink. And you're, you're cursing that individual. How can bitter water come from a sweet well? You got you, you. God's looking at you like, man, dude, you're, you're not just bipolar; you're tripolar. <laughs> now, now let, let me just say this: we we got to be careful. Got to be very careful not to judge the blessing, whether the blessings of God were good or not, based on what people do with the blessing. I, I've been guilty of that. Let me explain it this way: when God blesses people. And then we see them do the wrong thing with the blessing. We stop and say, well, God must not have blessed them. You cannot judge the blessings of God by the ignorance of man. The Bible says every good gift comes from above. So everything good that comes to you is from God. Come on, somebody. And so what you do with that blessing is up to you. That job you got, God blessed you. Now you took it and you separated yourself from the Father. God gave you that relationship with that young lady, but it's the way you dealt with it that separated you from the Father. God blessed you with that that car, with that boat. God blessed you with that opportunity, but you took that thing, and instead of drawing closer to the Father, now you don't think you need the Father anymore. And I want you to notice that the moment that he leaves the father's house, that his net worth went down. Now, I I need you to grab a hold of this. Take, take, Take a look at this. When I say his net worth, 
it, I'm not talking about his financial well-being. The moment he stepped away from the father's house, he lost his identity. He lost his covering. He lost peace. He lost joy. He lost stability. And many of you, you look at your bank account and you think you're blessed, but you find yourself with no joy. You find yourself always on edge. You're cussing at everyone. You're upset at everyone. You're fighting with everyone. You're always on edge because you're trying to hold on to what you got. Because when you think you're the source, you have to work hard to keep what you have. Never mistake the resource as the source. God is your source. Your job is your resource. Say it again, Pastor. God is your source. God gave you the ability, the talent, the knowledge to do the job. And without that, you wouldn't have the job to begin with. God can take away the job and still prepare and take care of you. Because the job isn't your source. God is. Somebody say amen. And so I need you to understand that never forget your resource or mistake your resource as your source. Look at verse 14. Still with me. Now, I'm not going to be much longer. So please, please stay with me. Notice verse 14. And when he spent all, he spent all. Somebody say spent all. Yeah. Have you ever spent everything you had and what someone else had too? <laughs> when he spent all, a, a severe famine, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. I want you to notice, see, he began to be in want. Everyone say in want. Notice what this means. The word in want means to come too late, to get there too late, not only to to be in need or to fall short. Have you ever been a dollar late, a dollar, a day late and a dollar short? And you feel like every opportunity, every door that's about to open, you always miss it. It's because God's the God of timing. And when you're separated from God, you miss the timing of God as well. And here he finds himself in want. He finds himself in need. And I want you to understand that before you get your season of return, you have to go through a season of want. And some of you are in that place right now called the season of want. Because a season of want is the result of living with wasteful living. Caused by wasteful spending. By taking the resources, God. You end up in want in your marriage when you don't take care of the resource called your wife. You end up in want in your marriage and you don't take care of the resource in your spouse. When you don't take care of your kids, when you don't take care of your job, when you neglect those things and you spend them unwisely, you'll find yourself in want in marriage, in want in relationship, in want in your peace of mind. Whenever we don't take care and we spend things unwisely, because not everything we spend is money. We spend time, we spend effort, we spend energy. And when we have lack of wisdom, it opens up for a season of want. Somebody's got to hear me right now. Now listen to me. Look at verse 15. And when he joined and he went and he joined himself to the citizen of that country and he sent him into the field to feed the swine. Now, I want you to notice that this lack causes us to connect, to glue, to connect to, to cleave to things that we never would have considered before. Let me let me take some of you back real quick. Some of you, if it wouldn't be for the situation you were in, would have never considered hanging out with that girl. You never would have considered her before. Never would have been with that guy. Never would have allowed yourself to be treated in that manner if you hadn't gone through that season of want. Some of you have begun to find yourself being attracted to things you never would have been attracted to before. 
Well, you're looking at me, is that a good thing or a bad thing, Pastor? You see, you begin to settle in life when you're in a season of want. And your season of want will turn into a season of settling. Where you will settle for things that you were never meant to settle for. Preach it, Pastor. I I need you to grab a hold of this. Because some of you don't realize just because you've gone through this season of want for so long that you begin to settle for a guy that you were not created for, for a woman that can't take care of you or love you like you should. For some of you, you've settled for jobs. You've settled for situations. When God did not create you for that, you've got to recognize I am better than what I'm experiencing right now. You got to recognize that you're better than your addiction. You're better than your condition. You're better than that depression. You got to understand that God formed you and shaped you for something better than what you're experiencing right now. Stop connecting, stop gluing, stop connecting or cleaving to things that God never created you to connect to. Because our lack causes us causes us to impair our judgment. I know some of y'all, I remember you bringing in some people that walking in. Hey, pastor, this is my girlfriend. I'm like, whoa. Hey, I'm sorry. Meth has destroyed all her teeth. He can't hold down a job. He speaks to you in, in a manner that you shouldn't be spoken to. You come in with bruises and, and bumps and all this stuff, and you act like, act like everything's all right. I need you to understand that when you're in want, you begin to settle for things that you were never created for. Look at verse 16. Vivi, if you could help me. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pod that the swine ate. Oh, this is, dang. And no one gave them anything. As a Jew, you couldn't even be seen around swine. They were considered to be dirty creatures. And yet he's not only around them, he's feeding them. But not only is he feeding them, he's beginning to desire what they're eating. Some of you are beginning to desire things God never created you to consume. You're beginning to desire things that you were never created to consume. Consuming isn't just what we eat. It's what we hear. It's what we see. And you're allowing things to come into your spirit, man, into your, into your mental aspects, into, your, into who you are, through your eyes, your ears, your taste, your smell. And you're allowing things to come in. And you're beginning to connect yourself to things you were never created to connect to. You find yourself becoming, this is a trip, what once, once repulsed, repulsed you, what was once repulsive is now attractive. Say it again, Pastor, what was once repulsive to you is now attractive. There was a time some of you would never consider missing a Sunday from church. 
You were so involved in church. You were so involved with God. You wouldn't get up without falling to your knees in prayer. You wouldn't take a time without getting into the word. It wasn't a day that went by that you would listen to worship music. You wouldn't take time to let your mouth open and declare the glory of God. You would never even think about talking bad about someone or putting someone down. Now all of a sudden, you've been separated from God. And that season of what has put you in a place where you're beginning to desire the things of the world, things that used to repulse you, things you used to look at and say, how could they do that? You now are getting involved in those things. You're lost. Like the lost coin, the lost sheep, you find yourself lost in what you never would have digested before. You're now considering. Young lady, you knew that you were created in the image of a perfect God. And that you were created to be honored and cherished. And now you have a man next to you that is spitting out and calling you a bee. Putting you down, hitting you and abusing you. And you, what you never thought you would digest. You would never take in. You've allowed to come in now. And say, it's not that bad. It's okay. He, he just gets upset sometimes. Come on, somebody. I'm hitting home right now. Some of you men are consuming things that you were never created to consume. God created you in his image to show forth his glory. I want you to notice what the lost son did. And if you're here this morning, three things as I close that you got to understand. The first thing that he did is he woke up. Somebody say, wake up. Slap your neighbor, tell him to wake up. Some of y'all are falling asleep. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, he came to himself. He had his aha moment that coming to yourself means a a coming to your senses, a waking up. He has this this, this coming to himself, a wake up moment. The alarm clock goes out while he's sitting in the middle of this pig's pen and his hair is matted. He has dirt and and mud stuck in it. He has in his feet, his sandals are gone and now his his clothes that were once silk and Armani and silk suits and everything are all gone and they've given way to yarn and and beaten down garments that have holes in them and he's mad and he smells he got dirt everywhere in his ears and his nose and he smells like a pig he has the, the scent of those that he hangs out with I need you to understand that you will begin to smell look and taste like the people that you hang out with but as he's laying there that word to came to his senses, means to arrive. It means to literally to arrive at a place, like you had a destination you were going to and you arrived. That's a coming to your senses moment. And even though he was dirty, even though he was smelly, even though he found himself in this condition, lonely, broke, and homeless, he still arrived. Oh, you got to hear me this morning. Even in that condition, he still arrived. And I need you to understand that you don't have to get yourself all back together before you get to your destination. But that God's destination for you isn't a physical place. Sometimes it's a place in your mind first before he gets you to the place that he's trying to take you to in the spirit. 
He needs to work something out in your mind first. You got to get something straight in your thinking. And the prodigal son had to get his thinking right, right before he could go home. Otherwise, he would lose everything all over again. God's trying to get your mind right right now. He arrived. Look at verse, seven, verse 17. And he said, how many of my father's hired servants have enough bread? And here I am perishing. He says, I'll go home to my father. And this is what I'll tell him. Dad, I, I'm sorry. I sinned against you in heaven. And I, I ask you now, make me one of your servants, not your son. That's exactly what the enemy will try to get you to do. Enemy will try to make you a slave when you were created to be a son. Oh, listen to me. That's called religion. Religion causes you to come back to God as a slave. And you're always afraid of taking your inheritance or taking your identity or taking your anointing, taking your blessing because you're operating in something called religion. But this young man, he practices it. He has it in his mind what he's going to do. So the first thing he did was wake up. Everyone say, wake up. The second thing he did is he got up. Someone needs to get up in this house this morning. Someone needs to get up in this place this morning. You need to recognize where you're at, but no one can help you until you decide to get up. God can't get you out of there. Your friends can't get you out of there. Your wife can't get you out of there. Your husband can't get you out. You have to recognize that it's time for me to get a get up. You got to get up. You need that aha moment. That aha moment. You know that aha moment where you realize the absurdity of your situation. That I was created for more than this. I was created for something better than what I'm going through right now. Where you look around at your environment and say, wait a minute. What, what's a jewel, a rose like me doing in a dump like this? You got to recognize you were created for something better. He has that aha moment. And you know the aha moment, the problem is this. Listen very carefully. This, is, this applies to every one of us in here. Because we all know what we should do. But not all of us do what we must do. You know, I, I should be healed. I should be blessed. I should be free. I should go home. I should serve God. I should get up. I should get involved. I should bless God. I should praise Him. I should read. I should pray. I should do these things. But the difference between those that make it and those that don't is that everyone knows what they should do, but only those that get up know what they must do. Repentance True repentance has action. Don't tell me you're sorry and then not change your ways. Don't tell me you're sorry and then continue on the same road. What a true person that repents does is they get up. And after they get up, they do what they must. You cannot separate repentance from your action. Verse 20 says he arose. The last thing that he did, he woke up, he got up, and then, brother, he stepped up. Look at verse 20, and he came to his father. <laughs> In this condition, he gets up. Now, 
The dude's broke. And he's in a foreign land. He has a long way to get to get back home to daddy. And yet, with no money, he finds a way. You don't know how many people I hear that, that, Pastor, I'm going through this, I'm going through that, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that. And we give them the steps to make it happen. And then all I hear is excuses. I can't do it because of her. I can't do it because of him. I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of that. But a true person that is ready to make a change will make a way where there's no way. No more excuses. No more reasons why. No more reasons why I can't. I need someone that is able to say, I'm ready to wake up. I'm ready to get up. And I'm ready to step up. The time is now. No more excuses. Stand to your feet all over this place. Many of us are living our lives in a perpetual state of excuse. All the reasons why you can't. But I love this. Bible says he's making his way home. And on his way home, the Bible says that while he was afar off, while he was what? Far off. That the father saw his son and went to him. Are you catching this? There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. There was no, I'm leaving the pig's pen. Dad, I'll be home tomorrow. Didn't do that. That tells me that every day that the father would go looking out in the horizon and wondering, is today the day that my son is coming home? Is today the day that my son is coming? Is today the day my family is going to be put back together again? I want you to know that my father in heaven is today, is looking out and wondering, is today the day that you come home? Is today the day you return? Now, how did he even recognize who he was? The kids, you know he lost weight. You know that he's all tore up. He doesn't look anything like the kid that left. But the father knows his son. Even that far away, he knew. I know who that is. I want you to know the father knows you. Pastor Dan, you know... You don't know what I've gone through right now. That's okay. I might not recognize you, but God does. God sees you. He knows you. He recognizes you. What's so cool is that the Bible says the father ran to him while he was afar off. The father runs up to where he's at and he embraces him. That's so cool. He walks up to this smelly, dirty kid that has traveled so long and gone through so much. And with the pig slop still dried on his neck, he hugs him, brings him in, and he kisses him on his filthy neck. 
And the son gets ready to start sharing his, his speech. Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven. Please make me one of your high. And he stops him. He pulls a Samson. Shh. Shh. Come here. Pulls a Sam. The Bible says he puts on a new robe on his dirty body. Puts a ring on his filthy fingers and sandals on his hideous toes. Because God was saying, I'm giving you a new covering. The clothes you wore identified who you were. God says, I'm giving you a new identity. The ring signified authority because it was with the ring that you gave your signature. That's how you, you seal deals and business deals. They would put a little wax and then you would put the signet ring. The father was saying, I'm giving you authority in my house. You're not coming back as a son. I'm putting you in charge in the house. I trust you. I'm not going to tell you if you do X, Y, Z. I'm putting, I'm giving you authority. Some of you need to know that when you come back to God, God's going to cover you. God's going to give you your authority back all over again. Then he pits on new shoes. And he tells him, I'm going to give you a new way of walking. I'm going to give you a new destiny. I'm going to give you a new path, a new path you're going to walk. I need you to understand that when you come back to God, God's going to change the way you walk. I want you to understand. Remember, the Father is a picture of the Father in heaven. And if it had been me, if it had been me, I would have said, listen, I'm going to give you your car back. I'll give you your clothes back. I'll even give you this ring. But you got to promise me you ain't never going to leave this house again. You're never going to take the stuff I give you and squander it. That would have been me. And I would have done that under the guise of wisdom. <laughs> right? God gives love before lectures. And the love was so great, the son never wanted to leave the presence of the father again. I need you to understand God recognizes you. He loves you. Stop trying to clean yourself up before you come to him. And just come. Pastor, I smell like a pig. It's okay, you're a cochino, cochina, whatever. God loves you. God loves you. Did you hear me? God loves you. Miss Piggly Wiggly, God loves you. Do you understand that? God loves you. Doesn't like you, he loves you. And he recognizes you. Bow your heads with me now. Father, I just pray. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.